The North Carolina Healthcare Association is a proud sponsor of the Do Politics Better podcast. The association is a united voice for hospitals, health systems, and care providers to ensure they can offer high quality, lower cost care to all North Carolinians. Visit nchealthcare.org to learn more about how hospitals and health systems are working to make healthcare easier, more convenient, and with better outcomes. It's the Do Politics Better podcast. I'm Brian Lewis. And I'm Sky David. We are back from Asheville. I had such a great time with you up in the mountains. We had a lot of fun at the Asheville Chamber of Commerce event with Senator Mayfield and Senator Daniel, and we'll be featuring that conversation now. We do want you to stick around after the conversation we have up in Asheville because we are going to have a tweet of the week. The Do Politics Better podcast is supported by the North Carolina Travel Industry Association. Founded in 1955, NCTIA has a distinguished history of partnering with the North Carolina General Assembly to strengthen and preserve tourism in North Carolina. Visit nctia.travel for more information on how you can support your local tourism destination and the thousands of North Carolina jobs it creates. Hi, Asheville. Thanks for having us. We're going to start the podcast off like we usually do and ask each of our senators, and we'll start with you, Senator Mayfield, to describe your district. Where is your district? What makes your district special? Thanks, uh, and um, I, I agree. Thanks to everyone who's who's here, and thanks to you guys for making the, the trek out to the mountains. Uh, so my district is Senate District 49. I have um, all of the city of Asheville and sort of the western half of Buncombe County. Um, that will change in the next election, but that's what it is right now. There are so many things that make my district special. I think one of the huge things is that all your other listeners on your podcast come here for vacation. Um, so that's that's one thing. Um, but, you know, we have mountains, we have art, we have food, we have uh, culture, we have beer. Um, we have the wonderful downtown of Asheville. Uh, we just, we, this is a place that is growing, that is vibrant, that people uh, love to come visit. So happy to, um, it, is a, it is truly a privilege to, to represent this district. I'm very excited and happy that I get to do that on a daily basis. And Senator Daniel, specifically, where do you represent and what part of Buncombe do you represent? So Mike, um, I, I represent all of two counties, my home county of Burke, uh, next door neighbor, McDowell, and then sort of the eastern third or eastern half of Buncombe County, which, as Senator Mayfield said, is, is going to change in 2025 slightly. But So right now I represent Black Mountain, Fairview, Barnardsville, Swannanoa, um, Weaverville, so, you know, and it kind of the parts of Buncombe County that wrap around um, greater Asheville. And what makes your district special? Well, so when you represent mul multiple counties, you can't just pick, like, Julie can say Asheville, you know, because, <clears throat> but I have to, like, be diplomatic. So I would say mountains. And the, the great thing about every county in my district is that um, recreational opportunities abound. You can drive, you know, 30 minutes and be hiking, rock climbing, canoeing, biking, whatever, you, whatever interests you. And it's just a beautiful place. And just driving up I-40 this morning, you know, you can see the mountains and the clouds. It was just an amazing view. And so I think that's what draws people to Western North Carolina. Um, I like being a mountain 
person representing mountain people, and it's just a, a great district. All, all of the activities Senator Daniel just listed, he's done in the last week. His wife, Lydia Daniel, is here, and she gets you out, it seems like, every morning? Yeah. Seems like it. She's always smiling. You're not so much. Opposites attract. <laughs> all right. Well, both Senator Daniel and Mayfield have been on our podcast before, and it'd be great if you went back and, and listened to some of those editions. We get to talk to them more about who they are, where they came from, uh, and what makes them tick. Today we're going to talk about a lot of issues as it pertains to Western North Carolina, particularly as it relates to the General Assembly. Before we get into some of those issues, let's start with you, Senator Daniel. How would you say this past legislative session was for Western North Carolina and this area of the state? In terms of the budget, I think we did very well. Um, I haven't done the math, but I would say just in my district alone, we probably had over $100 million in projects funded, maybe you know, close to $200 million. So I think you know, one of the things that's been a goal of, you know, I've been in the legislature now almost 14 years, so um, I think when I started, there was a feeling that all the resources kind of went to eastern North Carolina, and we've tried to, um, I guess if you want to say, you know, get a portion of that over the last decade, and that we've really made um, strides. So, you know, we've had um, great project um, announcements out here, whether it's universities, community colleges, water and sewer, and um, so just maybe some historic needs were met with some of the surpluses that we've had. Senator Mayfield, how would you describe the session? And it doesn't necessarily have to be budgetary. I know it was a, <laughs> it was an expansive session. Yeah, I mean, this it was it was a session for the ages for so many reasons. You know, Senator Daniel and I occupy very different spaces in the in the General Assembly. He's been there 14 years. I'm in year three. Um, he chairs a number of committees. I don't. Uh, so, um, you know, he is able to drive a lot of that. Uh, uh, additional investment um, for Western North Carolina. We did, and we'll talk about some of these later, we, we were able to get some bills passed for Asheville and Buncombe County that I'm just gonna say might not have happened a, a few years ago. I'm proud of that. I think, I hope, I think our relationship has something to do with that and our ability to work together, and, and we'll talk more about that. Um, we did also get four, um, uh, five counties, uh, f four or five, Henderson, Transylvania, Henderson, Buncombe, Madison, maybe it's just the four, about $2 million specifically to help clean up the river. To uh, This is money that will go to farmers to help them fence cattle out of the streams and uh, create alternative watering sources. And that is, uh, that's very important for our region because y'all may know that two years ago, 19 miles of the main stem of the French Broad was deemed impaired by DEQ for bacteria. And what we know is that agriculture is a um, significant contributor to that. And I don't say that to beat up on agriculture. We love our farmers. Nathan, Robin, we love our farmers. Um, <laughs> we all eat, so therefore we love our farmers. Um, and we all, everybody needs to contribute to keeping our water clean. So that was uh, something that um, I had been seeking for a number of years, and we finally got it this year. And you know, hopefully in a couple of years we'll see the um, we'll see the results of that as the river is cleaner. Since Senator Mayfield brought it up, let's talk about a couple of those bills that y'all did together. We're calling them Do Politics Better Moments since both of y'all have worked on them. 
Senator Daniel, will you talk about a bill that you think really helped the area that y'all worked on together? I guess uh, maybe the most significant one that's happened over the last couple years was the travel and tourism bill that reallocates how occupancy taxes are are apportioned and the creation of the lift fund so that um, capital projects can be applied for. I guess that process is going on now with the grant process. And I know that, um, you know, there's been a lot of money that's come in because I read last night, I think, that Asheville has three times the tourism revenue as Mecklenburg County, maybe, or at least in short-term rentals and things like that. So I think that was one of the biggest bills to try to redirect some money away from advertising and towards projects that we can all see on the ground. I I know that Senator Mayfield wants to talk about further tweaks to that. Would you agree with that, Senator Mayfield? Is that, would you say that's the most significant? For for sure, in in the last few years, yeah. And that was in 2012. I'm looking for Vic. 22, is that right? Yeah, yeah. there we go, 22. Yeah. Let's dig into that a little more and talk about maybe some of some other plans that both of you have been talking about. We've, we've read some media reports about this, and this would be a good time to give the disclaimer that Sky and I represent the North Carolina Travel Industry Association. They are a proud sponsor of this podcast as well. Uh, so this is an issue that maybe Senator Mayfield that uh, – we don't see eye to eye with you on, but you have been very open about wanting to talk to us. You and I have been speaking about this in bits of conversations over the last few years, but let's talk about what you see as your long-term goal for the occupancy tax here in Buncombe County. So I do think the 2022 bill was huge. The, the shift in the how the tax is allocated, the creation of the lift fund, which has a particular focus on projects that are beneficial to um, to the community that lives here as well as the community that comes here um, those are and and expanding the the uses of the dollars um, that that was all huge those were all changes that we had wanted to see you know I continue to think as as tourism continues to grow here and the the amount of money continues to increase there is a point at which we might be spending enough on marketing and that even more of those dollars should be going toward local projects, whether those are projects intended to, uh, well, I, I will just say that I think all of the projects that, that are funded uh, through the, the Tourism Product Development Fund to date, they serve both people who come here and people who live here. So um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big supporter of that fund and the, and the projects that it has funded in the past. It would mean breaking the the standards that the legislature has for occupancy taxes, but Asheville is a unicorn when it comes to occupancy taxes. I just think we need to start treating it like a unicorn and not, you know, the concerns that, well, if you do this here in Asheville, then everybody else is going to want to do it. Well, when everybody else can show that they've got $40 million of tourism dollars coming in, then we can have that conversation. Nobody else has that right now in in the way that we do. So we're, we're different. Um, we have a very different community. We have the, you know, the lowest average wages, the highest cost of living. Um, that creates dynamics that do not exist anywhere else in this state, and the needs of our community are significant. And uh, so that's ultimately where I would like to go. I would say the more immediate change that and, and we'll see if this is a change that needs to be made, but there's been a lot of conversation and question about whether the lift funds, um, which is the new fund that was created in 2022, 
can be used for things like affordable housing. And both the county and Mountain Housing Opportunities have put in requests for that. Um, I sincerely hope that the TDA board is able to get to that place where they do interpret the language of the statute broadly enough to allow that to happen. If that is not the case, and they, they and their lawyers determine that the statute doesn't allow them that discretion, I would be interested in making a change that makes it clearer that things like that can happen. What we need to be doing is supporting our workforce that's in the hospitality industry. We don't, th th those are the folks who are getting pushed out right now. And um, that should be a concern for everybody in the hospitality industry. And my view is we should be using some of these dollars that these workers, you know, from the industry that these workers support to help these workers stay in our community. Senator Daniel, before we get to you on this question, good opportunity to inform our listeners that there's a process here. This would be presumably local legislation, a local bill. And the culture of the General Assembly is that local bills usually need to have some sign-off by everyone in the delegation, especially if you're moving a bill in the short session. Now, I don't know if this is a short session agenda item for you, Senator Mayfield, or you're punting to 2025, but uh, Senator Daniel, all eyes on you because in order for a local bill to move, we would need your support on what Senator Mayfield is proposing. Have you given this uh, much thought about what your position is on this? First of all, I'd have to see the proposal. You know, you'd have to talk to, there's a lot of stakeholders in this space all across the state. Um, you have to think about what the precedent you're setting for other areas. Um, you know, get the, get the consensus of the local hoteliers and tourism folks and see what they think. You know, the, the large size of the amount of money that's coming in for occupancy tax is, you know, I think it's being viewed as, a, as obviously as a way to, to meet needs that are maybe the, the responsibility of, of government themselves. And so I think when, when Republicans start hearing that well, we've got too much money, you know, whether it's when it's at the state level, what we say is, well, let's find a way to lower taxes. And so I think that should be part of the conversation is to, you know, is if we're generating more money than we can spend on advertising or should spend on advertising, then, you know, should we think about lowering the tax rate or not? And, you know, if Julie's got a proposal, we can look at what, what that is and, you know, talk to you know, your, your folks and other stakeholders. But um, I guess it's a nice problem to have when you have more money than you can spend. So It's a, it's a, it's a high quality problem for sure. Um, but, and I would, you know, if, if we're going to talk about allowing or saying, designating that some of these problems are the problems of local government to solve, then I would love to have a conversation about all the ways in which the legislature could enable local governments to generate more revenue to meet the needs of their communities, because that's a really difficult thing to do right now. Senator Mayfield, do you want to show your hand a little bit on this podcast and tell us, do you have a timeline that you have thought out about this proposal? Um, I, I do, um, and just full disclosure, I talked to our TDA director about this just yesterday, um, so this is not news to her, and it really, ha again, it has to do with the LIFT fund and how the board, how the, the LIFT committee and the board are going to be interpreting the statute, and those decisions will get made ultimately in April. Um, we go back into session at the end of April. And you know, my view is, as I said before, if, if there's an expansive interpretation of the legislation, there's no need for, for any changes. Um, but again, if the interpretation is, is so limited that affordable housing um, is, not, uh, is not going to be funded, then I would like to make a change. I would seek to make a change this year. 
and, and, and again, realizing that that would be a pretty short, aggressive time frame to have all the conversations that we need to have. But, you know, I just, I go back to pre-COVID times when I was on the TDA board as the liaison from city council, and the board, and, and people in this room will know this, I'm looking at Kit, Kit was at these, at these um, board retreats as well, there was enormous concern on the part of the TDA board members and hoteliers about supporting their workforce and the need to do that to keep those folks in our community. And I just, I don't think we're, I don't know that we're quite there yet um, with, with this fund. And if I can't get the full agreement of the delegation um, uh, this year, then, you know, it's something we can work on for 2025. There's a lot to break down in what we've just talked about, but let's talk about some Buncombe Asheville issues that were kind of brought up in context of occupancy tax. What is an issue that's happening in Buncombe or in Asheville that you think needs to be addressed? Senator Daniel. Well, to go down to the next item on your agenda, um, crime and public safety, are you leading me there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for following my outline. <laughs> so you're welcome. So I, you know, I guess I was um, doing some research last night on the internet about crime and public safety in both Asheville and Buncombe County. And one of the top things that comes up was uh, um, a website and I think they call themselves something like Neighborhood Scout or something. And uh, they, they were listing Asheville as one of the top 100 dangerous, most dangerous places in the, U in the US to move to. Um, they said 97% of cities in North Carolina were safer than Asheville. So, you know, those are some of the things that, um, you know, certainly we've got to turn the narrative around, but, you know, you have to turn it around by actually fixing the problem. You know, you can't ignore low-level crimes because that just leads people to say, well, if I can get away with that, I'm going to do something worse. And so, you know, you have to charge people with low-level crimes. You have to prosecute people for low-level crimes. And... Um, you know, you have to dig into the data about, you know, how many people are charged for things and then how many, how are pleas being done by your district attorney, um, you know, what things are being brought before the courts or, or being ignored. And so I think that, um, you know, to have a safer community, you have to actually enforce the laws that are already there. And so I think that's just something that needs to be looked at by, by the citizens here and, you know, as to, you know, what your, how well your elected officials or your your law enforcement and your um, DAs are, are doing with that process. Senator Mayfield, what's your perspective on crime, public safety? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an issue that has gotten a lot of attention, certainly in terms of what's happening in downtown Asheville. And um, I'm, I, I hope everybody knows that the, um, the Sheriff's Department and the Asheville Police Department sort of have just announced a, a new partnership to where the Sheriff's Department will be coming in in a supportive role um, to, to patrol downtown. Um, that was what happened during the 60-day pilot. Thank you. Uh, and, um, and that was very successful. Uh, the feedback I got from restaurateurs and, and other folks who work downtown was that you know, th things, things improved and they felt a lot better. So I'm, I'm hopeful that, the, that this ongoing partnership will, will continue to, to get to that outcome. I, I, I just always have to remind people um, this is a very complex problem, right? It's, it is, and it is caught up in um, mental illness and addiction, and, um, you know, it's not, 
it's not just that you know the city doesn't have enough police officers or the city isn't enforcing um, these are these are issues that every city is struggling with um, homelessness and again we have some factors here in Asheville that exacerbate all of that uh, in terms of our extraordinarily high cost of living um, low wages the other thing is and and Senator Daniel alluded to this this is a system that is it, it's you can't just look at who's being arrested and and for what because as soon as you know the police and the sheriff's department are just one they're just the threshold piece of this system and then then there's the jail and the magistrates who make decisions about whether somebody goes right back out or stays in jail for a while and then there the there are other judges who make further decisions about whether someone gets out or stays in there's the DA who makes decisions about what charges to crime whether uh, what charges what charges to bring whether to prosecute um, and then there's the trial schedule and it's it is just a complex system I've been saying now for probably three I don't know three years at least what I want to do is throw the sheriff the police chief the DA and the the chief judges for our two different um, levels of courts into a room with a facilitator um, and tell them we will bring you food and drink but do not come out you are not allowed to come out until you get a comprehensive vision not not necessarily even a vision but that you all figure out each of your roles in this system and make sure that they are working together instead of in competition with each other because i think that's what we have seen and it is not helpful you know the, the problem is each of those people with the exception of the police chief and they answer only to voters so they don't have any bosses and um and the police chief has a significant independent role as well they need to be working together better and, uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful um, that, that that will happen in the future. This question is both a look back and a look forward. So Senator Mayfield brought up the perception of Asheville or the perception of this area in the General Assembly. What could these folks do in the future? First, do you think that's accurate, Senator Daniel? And what could these folks do in the future to... I would say, improve the perception of Asheville in the General Assembly? Well, so first of all, remember that municipalities are, we consider them cre creations of the state. And that, so we have a lot of children across the state. And just like a, a child, sometimes cities go through cycles where this week Asheville is the problem child. Next week it's, you know, Greenville, North Carolina or something. And sometimes legislation gets passed because of two or three, we'll say, bad actors. Um, that then make the, the rest of the 300 municipalities have to live with it. Is Asheville the problem child of the week? I don't know that they are. So good to hear. <laughs> I don't know, Julie, what do you think? I do think the perception of Asheville has changed in the General Assembly. So, you know, certainly uh, in, the, in the early teens, uh, there was <clears throat> a lot of activity, from my perspective, you know, sort of negative um, attacks on Asheville, negative legislation that was designed to hurt Asheville that was coming out of the General Assembly. We haven't seen that uh, for a number of years, and, and so that's good. I do think that there's still an expectation that elected officials like myself who show up are going to be crazy, wacky, tree-hugging, insane, far-leftist, can't-possibly-work-with-them kind of people, and I've had my Republican colleagues tell me that. They're like, you know, you're okay. We didn't know what to expect from you, but, you know, you, you've turned out okay. We like you. So I think there is, you know, everybody's sort of like, oh, God, who's Asheville going to send us this time? 
you know, hopefully that's that's gone away a little bit. And I think our, you know, our delegation is is of course totally new from even just two years ago. I think all of us are working very hard to build those relationships um, to get things done for Asheville and for Buncombe County, and and to sort of set that history behind us. And and I and I think that's happening. I mean, I co-sponsored. Um, I mean you know, at least two bills with Tim Moffat. And, you know, if you've been here for any length of time, that would have been inconceivable, you know, just a few years ago. But, you know, Tim and I are working on several, several things together. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good partner in those things. So, again, I, I do think it's changed. But, of course, the plastic bag ban that came in was largely because Asheville and Buncombe County were about to pass plastic bag bans. <laughs> so now we have a ban on bans. That's due, you know, largely to, to the work that, that happened here in Asheville. But we're not finished. So looking forward, we are going to start a short session in April. What's something that you're looking toward the short session that you think these folks would be interested in? Like, what's something that's going to happen in the short session they should keep their eye on? Senator Mayfield? You never know what's going to happen in a short session. A short session is supposed to be short. It's supposed to be non-controversial. We're supposed to not deal with any controversial issues, um, mainly there to fix the budget and maybe get some other things over the line. There are some things that are still alive out there that I, I hope we do, even though they are really controversial, like medical marijuana. That's that's, you know, I keep hearing alternatively, it's dead, it's not dead, it's dead, it's not dead. So, you know, that that could come back. Y'all may remember that wrapped up in the initial budget was some discussion about legalizing casinos in certain, and, you know, I think it was four casinos in specific parts of the state. That got defeated and it got taken out of the budget. I'm not convinced that the forces that wanted that have gone away. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if that comes back. Again, I wouldn't think that's a typically a short session issue, but leadership was very much behind that. So, you know, leadership can do what leadership wants to do. Um, And and my view is that those issues, a, a casino bill, a standalone casino bill probably would have passed last year, um, even though it didn't work as part of the budget, that it might pass as a standalone bill. I still think that's true. Um, so those are some of the big things that, that I'm going to be um, w- watching for. So normally a short session is mostly designed for um, budget adjustments. So, you know, we have a maybe six or eight months to look back and see, um, you know, what didn't we fund that maybe we should try to fund? So that'll be something to look at. I, mean, I know one of the things that I, w- I think both of us were hoping would be funded that would have maybe helped here locally was uh, w- the General Assembly was considering creating a $25 million grant fund for Major League Baseball that would have allowed some of the minor league parks to apply for up to a $5 million grant to help with um, renovations. Um, that didn't get into the budget, unfortunately, but you know we might be able to take another stab at it. Um, another swing at it. Can we take another swing yeah, at it? Another, yeah, another <laughs> swing and we swung and missed. I guess another issue that's relevant to um, Buncombe County is that the school board is in the process of drawing uh, new residency districts for the school board members, and they have until June to do that. So that's something that you know we'll be looking at and just seeing what progress the, the school board makes on doing that. I know, you know they're, I think they're going to have a public hearing pretty soon to, to show what they've done so far. So those are 
two issues. Um, a boring one that maybe I'm interested in is uh, there's a regulatory bill that deals with homeowners associations to, to try to keep them from charging exorbitant fees, um, like when property transfers go from party A to party B. So this happened to me. I'm a real estate lawyer most of the, most of the time, and I do closings. And you know, I was going to do a closing for somebody that lived in an association. And the association who has a company they've hired to manage their budget from Texas, they say, well, if you pay $454, we'll actually send you the invoice for how much the homeowner owes. Word of advice, you know, don't send one of those to the, to the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Um, <clears throat> so that's an issue I think that's hopefully will come forward. Um, there's another issue, of course, in Buncombe County that deals with short-term rentals. A bill that Senator Mayfield didn't join in on is um, one that Senator Moffitt filed that would significantly limit the ability of Asheville to regulate short-term rentals in the way that they're currently doing. So I know that I'm sure Senator Moffitt still wants to try to get that bill passed, and I think Senator Mayfield probably has some issues with it. But. Yeah, I mean, I didn't obviously support that bill, but um, but I am in frequent conversations with Senator Moffitt about that and helping him understand, you know, the particular dynamics of short-term rentals in a city like Asheville. So here's a here's just a dynamic of the General Assembly that I think it's helpful for folks to understand is that all of the cities in our state are essentially represented by Democrats. We, we do have a couple like Senator Lazara, who represents um, Jacksonville, but Democrats in the General Assembly come from cities. And so the sad part about that is that um, our Republican colleagues often don't have a full appreciation for the challenges that we face in cities. Uh, Senator Lazara, who I just mentioned, he's a former mayor of Jacksonville. He is a great voice for cities in the General Assembly, but he is really the only Republican who represents a city. Um, so that's just a, you know, when we, when we talk about bills like short-term rentals, I worry that there is a, a lack of understanding and appreciation for what cities are facing. The dynamics and pressures in rural counties are very different. So that's, that's part of what my job is. I, I view it in a bill like a, like a short-term rental bill, is making sure that, that someone like Senator Moffitt, who doesn't represent a, a city, a, a, a significant city, there are cities in his district, but um, that you know, he understands what the implications of that bill would be for a city like Asheville. Don't forget Senator Lee in Wilmington. And Senator Lee in Wilmington. Oh, my God, how can I forget him? Um, <laughs> wonder, yeah, wonderful partner who I've co-sponsored a number of bills with. Yes, thank you. I want to talk about you two working together. It was just over a year ago. Sky and I were up here producing this podcast, downtown Asheville, at the venue. And Senator Mayfield, Senator Daniel... Uh, you were just starting, you had just gotten drawn in, I believe, to Buncombe County at that moment. I talked to you and you said, hey, I've, I've never been in a delegation with Democrats. And Senator Mayfield's like, we could work together. Let's do some work together. I've got some ideas. And by the way, I was talking to Vic Isley about this yesterday. Senator Mayfield, I totally uh, admire the way you just wrapped your arms around Senator Daniel and said, we are going to work together. I need your help and we're going to get things done. And you could have taken a different route. You could have said, hey, you're, you know, this Buncombe County's mine. And, and you could have taken a different route. You don't agree on a lot, I know, but you seem to have a, a mutual respect for each other. Can, can we ask you to reflect on that a little bit? Let's start with you, Senator Mayfield. Yeah, so again, from where I sit in the General Assembly, I, 
I get nothing done if I don't build relationships with my Republican colleagues. That is that is that is clear from the get go. So I am there to do a job. I am there to represent this community and I'm there to get things done for this community. That means I have to build relationships. That is not a problem for me. I have spent my life working with people and 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 building relationships and finding ways to be cooperative with people that I don't agree with on lots of things. And thankfully, Senator Daniel is a great person and was willing to be a partner in that in that relationship. And most of the time, 90% of the time, it's just been very easy. It's, you know, let's talk about this. Hey, can we, can we co-sponsor this bill together? Um, you know, the Buncombe County School Board bill was the, was, was the exception to that. Uh, and that was uh, a very difficult bill, a bill that I opposed very strongly. The week that it was going to come in for committee meetings and votes on the floor. You know, that Tuesday morning, I walked into his office and said, okay, this is going to be a really hard week. We're going to disagree publicly a lot. You're going to say things that I don't like. I'm going to say things that you don't like. But can we just commit to each other right now that at the end of this week, we are still going to be friends and we are going to still work together? And and the answer was yes. Um, and, and that continues to be true. So again, it not everybody, I think, can do that, you know, can sort of have that separation. Um, and I think that's just a, a failing of our political system generally that, you know, people a lot think these days, if I don't like the way that you believe and if we disagree, then I can't like you and I can't work with you on anything. And that is, um, maybe that's my magic wand, but, um, but I, think we do, I, I think we do really well. Well, I agree with what <clears throat> Julie said. I'm not sure if I said I would say yes. I might... I might have said, I'll wait and see what you say uh, about me. <clears throat> I took it as a yes. <laughs> but I think, you know, you have to look at every issue differently. And Mitch Gillespie, when I was a new legislator, and I, I, th I think he didn't pen this, this phrase, but he said, always remember your enemy today can be your friend tomorrow. So I think you just have to look at, take issues as they come and see whether we agree or disagree. Obviously, you know, I, I mean, I, I've worked with, I guess before Senator Mayfield, one of my um, favorite Democrat partners to work with was Senator McKissick, who was, a, he's a black Democrat lawyer from uh, Durham, who's now on the Utilities Commission. And so, you know, Senator McKissick used to always come into my office at the beginning of session. He'd have a bill stack about this tall, and he'd say, just go through this stack and see which ones you you like and don't like. And so I'd, you know, I'd pick the ones I liked. And so anyway, that was probably my favorite Democrat to work with before he left. Um, you called him an honest liberal. Yeah. And I think Julie probably f fits that category too. So. Thank you very much. So in, one of the things that we try to do on the podcast is dispel some of the myths out there that Democrats and Republicans are at each other's throat all the time. Now, there are times when you are at each other's throat. Social issues, and we don't need to get into the particular social issues, but when they hit the floor, battle lines are drawn. Coming out of those debates, what do you all do, like kind of our audience and our listeners to hear, how do you do you compartmentalize that and just, okay, I'm not going to talk to Senator Daniel about abortion. And Senator Daniel says, I'm not going to talk to Senator Mayfield about equality issues. We're just going to focus. Or, or do you kind of say, is there a conversation or do you just leave those things alone to preserve the relationship? Um, well, I, I, there were a couple of tough issues like that this year. I think from the Republican standpoint, we felt like that sometimes 
the Democrats made the remarks more personal, you know, kind of the you're a bad people type arguments rather than, you know, we disagree with this policy. So I, I do think sometimes those had some lingering negative effects on other issues that you might work together on. I guess things bend over time, and but, you know, maybe we don't completely forget. I'm kind of regretting bringing this up. Well, you know, I would say it, it is very hard in that moment, and my approach in those moments and, and even in the, you know, the the days after those moments, uh, and certainly the day of those big, controversial, difficult for us, I think, very painful votes, I can't have a conversation with even with even the Republican colleagues that I am, you know, feel like I have really good relations. I just like I can't talk to you right now, and and we all, you know, it's like, and I'm sure they feel the same way. So we just all sort of go away. Um, I think one of the one of the best things that happened uh, this year was we took a two month break after, I think that was after SB 20, the abortion bill. And, um, you know, there, there were absolutely relationships that were, I think, probably permanently broken because of that debate. Thankfully, none, not on, not on my end, not, not with me and anyone. <clears throat> but, you know, time, some, just time. Sometimes you just you just need time. And then, and for me, it depends on the issue. Sometimes I will go to a colleague that I have a good relationship with and say, I need, I, help me understand. I did that with the Don't Say Gay bill um, early on, the, the official name of the bill, Parents' Bill of Rights, and w- went to two of the sponsors and said, help me understand what you're doing and why. Um, and, uh, and then even on the, uh, on the abortion bill, there was a, a there was an inconsistency that was going to make a huge difference for a lot of women, and it needed to get fixed. And you know, and again, I went to three uh, of the Republican f- colleagues that I have and said, "You need to understand that this is what just happened, and it needs to get fixed." And they all three said, "Yes, I get it," and we f- and 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 it did get fixed. It, it not because I am said it because other people were saying it, but um, it it's it's just yeah, you do have to compartmentalize. You just do. Otherwise, you'll never get anything done, and you'll just be angry. If you're a Democrat, you will just be angry all the time. (laughs) All right. As Brian said at the start, you both have been on the podcast before, and you know about the magic wand question. If this is your first time attending, we ask all of our guests, if you had a magic wand and you could fix one thing in our politics today, what would it be? Um, So I'm going to pick a national issue that has local implications. And so I would say that I would like to fix the southern border problem so that we have a controlled uh, immigration policy. Um, I'd like to fix the immigration policies of the United States so that people who are trying to do things right um, actually get to the head of the line before the people who are doing things wrong. And why that's important locally is, you know, we have a fentanyl problem. It's flooding into our state, into our country. Um, Our drug-related deaths are are skyrocketing. It's affecting families. It's affecting our social programs, um, you know, our, our welfare system, our schools. And so I think that um, if we could just, you know, kind of control that better, then we could solve some of the problems that we're facing in our state. So I'm going to say the same one I did when I was on the podcast before, which is I, I wish that we could come together more as Republicans and Democrats and honestly work together on issues to resolve them instead of having, you know, one party draft a bill and then say, here's the bill, 
and then the other party is sort of left to try to amend it, try to make suggestions, you know, but, but the, it's like the cake is already, cake's already 75, 80% baked by the time we see it. Um, and w it, we, could just, we could just get better policy if we could come together and work on things from the very beginning and, and um, try to, again, not kind of nationalize issues and, 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 and figure out, you know, what makes the most sense for North Carolina um, on, on a lot of these really difficult topics. So, and I actually did mean to, I have a wand. Maybe I shouldn't say that on a podcast. <laughs> I was going to bring my wand. I got a wand at Harry Potter World um, like <laughs> two years ago. I, I was going to bring it and I forgot. Oh, well. It's okay. But. This is audio only. <laughs> oh, that's true. But we do have an audience. Well, Senator Warren Daniel and Senator Julie Mayfield, we appreciate everything you're doing in North Carolina politics. Your representation of Western North Carolina, Buncombe County, Asheville, you certainly know how to do politics better. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Brian and Scott. Happy to do it again. The Do Politics Better podcast is sponsored by the North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association. Beer and wine distributors in North Carolina are family-owned companies that directly employ more than 5,600 men and women across the state. The North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association works with the General Assembly to develop alcohol policies that ensure fairness in a competitive marketplace and promote responsible behavior. Visit the North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association at ncbeerwine.com for more information. Thanks again to Zach Wallace policy director up at the Asheville Chamber of Commerce. This is the second time he's had us up to Asheville to host the Do Politics Better podcast there. Last year, we were with Dr. Chris Cooper, political science professor at Western Carolina University. Of course, this year we had Senator Daniel and Senator Mayfield. Uh, it was great being up at UNC Asheville. Beautiful university. Thank you to the chancellor for allowing us to uh, be on campus and to record and all the sponsors that made this podcast possible. We look forward to returning to Asheville. By the way, if you would like for us to come to your community and host the Do Politics Better podcast, give us a call. We're always willing to take this show on the road, meet new people, see old friends. Tweet of the week. The Tweet of the Week is sponsored by the North Carolina Pork Council, representing hog farmers around the state working hard to do agriculture better. Today, hog farms are reducing their carbon footprint by covering lagoons, reducing emissions, and generating renewable natural gas. To learn more, visit ncpork.org. This week's Tweet of the Week is from Big Content Guy. He's at Big Content Guy on X. It's a tweet about Chuck Schumer saying that there needed to be some federal action to crack down on Zen. Now, if you're a listener and you don't know what Zen is, it's like a little nicotine pouch. We'll get into that. But the Big Content Guy tweeted, I will make January 6th look like a tea party. <laughs> And some of the replies were just amazing. Someone said, can't wait to launch my new speakeasy, Seven Deadly Zins. <laughs> Someone said, Chuck, if you take away Zins, the kids are going to start using heroin. Do you want that? <laughs> we know lots of people that use Zin. Senator Tom Tillis uses Zin. Yeah, he tweeted 
a picture of his Zen on his desk and said, you know, come get it or something like that. Yeah. I was a Zen user for a while. You know, nicotine is... I've never seen it. (laughs) Thank you. It's okay. But my cover, I'm I'm willing to come out of the shadows and talk about my Zen. Thank you for helping me cover up for years. No problem. Julie (laughs) did say to me once, he thinks he's so smooth. I can see those packets all over the house. They're everywhere. It was a problem. It was a problem. And I finally gave it up last year. Uh, and, and even through the end of the year, the holidays, I would find a Zen in my, in my sock drawer <laughs> or wherever I would hide. You hid them. I would hide them. But as of this year, I haven't touched it. If I've, I'm re- resolute that if I do find Zens in the house or wherever, I'm going to flush them. I do feel relieved that I'm not tied to them because I used to think about gosh do I have enough sin to get through the day it's it's a habit they're so good the nicotine is so strong and it gives you a little buzz especially in the morning but I'm I'm completely off uh, you know like I said nicotine is my drug of choice I have started using chewing tobacco when I was 13 mm-hmm. played baseball and it was kind of a dugout rite of passage especially if you were struggling you know someone always had some dip hell you could get it from the coach back in the day uh you could also bum a cigarette from them too i think if if uh, if little league memories serve correctly but yeah it's always been a struggle for me nicotine yeah i saw someone said that copenhagen called in a hit (laughs) (laughs) just go back to smoking cigs like a real man yeah well, or dipping tobacco. My my dip of choice was Bobo brand Hawken. You could get it at Food Lion, and uh, love it. Love dip. Oh, there's nothing like waking up in the morning, taking a dip, and drinking a cup of coffee. That sounds disgusting. And I didn't even spit the. You know, you I just swallowed. I it? swallowed it. I did. I was hardcore. You're, you're an animal. <laughs> but I do like a good cigar now and again. I'm abstaining from cigars right now because I'm going through, you know, still think about the Zen. The thing about Zen is that those little packets, it's just pure nicotine and very addictive, mm-hmm. highly addictive, more addictive really than, than chewing tobacco. Really? Yeah. Do you have a vice that that you struggle because you don't drink caffeine in the morning? You, I've never seen you smoking a cigarette. I've never smoked a cigarette. You have no vices, do you? I don't know. Do I? I would say the closest I've ever seen is you seem to be a sucker for chips. Yeah, like snacks. Snacky things. But you... <laughs> Even that, you eat in such moderation. Like you'll eat two or three and go, hmm, I'm full. No, I don't. Uh, so what is Chuck Schumer proposing? He, it's... I don't really actually know, but I just know that the content <laughs> made from it is hilarious. It is, like everything on X or Did you see media. that Donald Trump said, Nikki Haley is going to side with Chucky e. Schumer and take away <laughs> your zins, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... I, there is the debate of whether Zen is safer than cigarettes. I think it is, obviously. And, you know, Zen, I will say this Zen, by the end of the day, and, you know, and I'd had 
maybe a can of Zen. I, you would have a whole can in one day? It, during session, general assembly session, yeah, I'd go through a can. Sometimes you hide it even from me. You, I'll see you trying to sneak it. and Yeah, I was embarrassed. Why? Because it's an addiction. Dude, you love an addiction. I have a very addictive personality. Now you have to have a mid-morning coffee you never had before. Well, here's my thing. I need to tell you about this. I'm a two-caffeine shots a day. So I wake up in the morning and I have my cup of coffee. And then I usually have either a tea, a Coca-Cola, or a coffee mid-morning. I read this year, as I was thinking about dropping some addictions... New Year, New Year's resolutions. One of the, I don't know what you would call it, but uh, you should reward yourself once a day with a treat. Think about all the money you're saving, they said. Think about um, how healthier you are. So treat yourself to something. So what I have made is going over to Sir Walter Raleigh and getting... The treat is that the people abuse you there. <laughs> They're not the nicest people in the world. They're like, What? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, I just want a cup of coffee, please. Yeah. A cafe au lait with oat and they're milk. Like, Hot or cold? <laughs> right. <laughs> we here to go. And you're like, I thought you were yeah. supposed to serve me. Yeah. And then they turn that iPad around <laughs> yeah, and want, like, want a 30% yeah. tip. My hot tea is, you know, $7 then. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been treating myself to a cup of coffee with the specially little frothy milk on top. Did you buy that cup from Sir Walter? No, this was a gift from UNC Greensboro. Oh, and you just I, put the put Sir Walter sticker. Yeah. And you put one on your other, so mm. they know you're loyal. <laughs> yeah, so maybe they'll be a little nicer to me. Yeah, I don't I don't get that style, but I guess it's supposed to be like, we're rock, or we're cool and you're not sort of thing. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Yeah, well, so I'm treating myself. I'm not eating, I'm not consuming extra caffeine i'm just getting caffeine from a fancy little source over there i'm paying triple what i should and getting abused by the employees yeah do you feel that that's a nice treat i do it is a nice treat it's a nice way to break up my morning i come back i get my work done i sip on this coffee and yeah it's good hmm. three weeks into the new year i have not touched zen and uh, been working on some other stuff and so far, I'm holding tight. But, you know, in two weeks, this could all change. I could be back to, you know, three or four Zens in my mouth. And yeah. I did have a Snapchat memory today of, was it three or four years ago, when we were, and by we, I mean you, were <laughs> bound to the planner. <laughs> and I, my title was like, Planner Gate 2021. Yeah. I am I am trying to incorporate the gift I got you for your birthday into my daily life. Yeah, I walked over and saw you using it the other day. I'm like, that was a nice gift for you, wasn't it? But you got me this nice sticker, so thank you. <laughs> so I bought Sky uh, the remarkable uh, notebook pad, the mm -hmm. kind of digital pad, I guess. We'll yeah. Call it. Uh, Susan Vick uses it at the General Assembly. And, and she gave us a mixed review on it. She did. She did. So I got you one. And then you took to it for about a day. I really tried. Tried. It's confusing. It's not intuitive like you would think it would be. Mm -hmm. And I just, it doesn't feel like writing on paper. That's always a lie. Uh, things, people that say it's like writing on paper, big lie. Big lie. That's like exercise clothing that wicks away sweat. Also, big lie.
Nothing is wicking away sweat. You love saying that, but... (laughs) That's because you're wearing bobo pants. (laughs) Okay. All right, this podcast is digressing. It's time to sign off. All right. Next week, we will be back to our regular interview with um, News on the Front. Whatever New Year's habit you're trying to kick or trying to maintain, good luck with that. We will talk to you next week. Until then, please remember to do politics better.